Welcome to a Radio 191 FM podcast. We are currently joined, this is the first time actually here, we are joined by Hanjia all the way in Seoul, Korea. Hanjia, how's it going? Hello, it's going good. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Um, Just also before we jump into everything, um, for the people at home, who are you and like, what is the music that you create? <laughs> well, my name is Anjia. I'm a singer, songwriter, producer, uh, currently based in Seoul. And yeah, I actually, I create, I guess, like pop, R&B, folk music mm-hmm. that kind of stuff yeah because yeah, you've been creating music and like dropping singles over the past five years roughly since 2017 mm-hmm. like officially probably doing it for a bit more time prior to that mm-hmm. but especially now you have just released your full uh album but it's like an ep but long form ep more or less um yeah. i want to know how does it feel like being able to now achieve that goal and like have that first kind of major project out of the way now um yeah i mean it feels like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders pretty much but um yeah it's been this project has been about two years in the making Mm -hmm. um so it's just been it's one of like the most uh i guess like intense projects that i've made but it's been really really good yeah and just like having to like also create something i guess very cohesive rather than like having singles like just trying to make and like Mm. did you have to cut a lot of things like did you have a lot of like demos that you're creating over this time and over those past two years um surprisingly no uh i had like a few songs that didn't make the cut but it wasn't too many and i think um what was actually nice about the creation of this specific project was the fact that uh it felt very like natural for all these songs Mm -hmm. to kind of flow into one another um and like the demos that i made when i originally made them like it was all within the same week that i made them um so yeah it felt kind of like uh just a very natural process yeah and it was almost like the whole entire like long part of creating that one was almost like polishing everything up yeah 100 percent. like i think basically fine-tuning took the longest amount of time and just like the initial initial demo creation process was actually like the shortest (laughs) (laughs) damn yeah because of course with me like being in this form of like the music industry i guess like i don't really know too much about how much work goes into a lot of music creation like i know there's always all the fine-tuning with um like production and stuff but you never really think about everything prior to that like it's always you write the song in the layman's idea red song produce it release it but the whole entire actual process is way more intensive than everyone expects yeah for sure um but of course with this album it's um titled kamai and i want to know where does that come from uh, especially for us here in new zealand like what is the background of that word and the reason why you titled your album kamai Mm-hmm. Um, so this album, so the word Kamai, uh, it's actually like the Greek root of the word chameleon. Mm. And so the overall concept of like the album was like being a chameleon or so. Because um, I kind of had the overall concept of like code switching, which is basically okay. changing yourself very slightly depending on the situation or the person. Um, and that's kind of like the concept that I was thinking of when I was making this album just because I had like sort of an identity crisis when I first moved to Korea and I was just kind of like uh, 
like trying to think of like what does it mean for me to be Korean or American yeah. or also what does it mean to me to communicate with my family or making new friends, uh, joining a new community. And because of that, I was just kind of thinking about other scenarios where I change myself slightly for other people or other things. And yeah, and so I kind of thought of like um, sort of like a chameleon in that sense where it's like uh, they protect themselves by changing to the pattern that they're sitting on or whatever. But at the end of the day, they're still a chameleon. And like at the end of the day, in like a cheesy way, it's yeah. like I'm still who I am depending on like if I change myself or something. Yeah, because of course... Uh you would have like this huge connection to the landscape of Korea from your background. But even growing up in the U.S., it would have been such a big culture shock still returning mm-hmm. to Korea, correct? Yeah, for and sure. Like I, yeah, I've, I've lived in the States pretty much my whole life. Um, and it wasn't really until I moved here that I like actually moved to, or actually lived here. Um, so it was quite a big adjustment. It was weird because it was like still familiar. Yeah. But also at the same time, I'm like very foreign and new to all of this and like trying to learn the customs and cultures and even the language. So, yeah, it was definitely a quite an adjustment. Mm. And now, um, of course, with the music industry in Korea, it's always, it's known for being very intensive with uh, the K-pop idol situation and stuff. And yeah. I want to know, especially in this globalized culture now, so like especially with us down here in the Southern Hemisphere, we have a m- many um, new Korean acts and also other Asian countries acts like fusions. So like, uh, for example, 1300 out of Australia being the Korean mm, hip-hop yeah. group and then Amugi here up in Auckland. And I want to know, in this kind of globalized culture, especially being um, Korean and being based in Korea, like, how has it been, like, trying to not necessarily, but, I guess, avoid the pitfalls of being labeled as a K-pop act? Mm. Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I think um, it's definitely interesting just because, like, I don't consider myself... Like I said, like I kind of have like this double identity right now that I'm dealing with, but um, I definitely don't consider myself K-pop just because like, I don't know if my music really sounds like K-pop either. Yeah, it's a very Um, uh, controlled genre itself. Yeah, exactly. It's very specific to the genre and like just everything really. Um, But yeah, I think like it, it can be hard, especially with sometimes like international press or um, audiences like if they just see someone oh they're in Korea and they make yeah. pop music then they're K-pop you know um, but I think like because now K-pop definitely has a distinct sound it's so specific to that sound mm-hmm. um, that if anything like I I don't really care like necessarily exactly what I'm labeled as like people can say like oh she's like an American singer who's a Korean also or like a Korean singer who's American like whatever yeah. Um, for me, like, rather than the label of it, like, I just want people to, uh, I guess, you know, appreciate the music itself. And, like, depending, it doesn't matter, like, where I am. I could be in the middle of nowhere in, yeah. I don't know, Wyoming or whatever. But <laughs> as long as, like, people appreciate the music, I hope, like, you know, the message goes through. Yeah, and you also want them to come to their own conclusion from your music and take what they want as well. Would that be correct? Yeah, for sure. I would definitely... I think that's, like, the most important part of it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And just before um, we 
let you go and let the people here at home uh, listen to the lead single, uh, Talk To Me. This features uh, PH1, and I want to know, how did you end up coming in contact with PH1? Yeah, um, so actually, one of my producers on the album, uh, St. Millick, he introduced me to PH1, um, and we just met, like, virtually, uh, but yeah, it was really, he's really amazing, and we just both talked about uh, our experiences as Korean-Americans, um, also kind of, like, yeah. uh, through the music industry, but also just in general, um, just because I know that he moved to Korea at a pretty, like, older age as well. And so, um, yeah, we kind of just, like, briefly talked about that. And he sent in his verse, and it was amazing. And it just happened very naturally. So, yeah, it was really great. It's just one of those things where you're just able to connect on just mutual ideas. And then it's, like, just move forward and then create something pretty much brand new. Yeah, exactly. It was, yeah, it felt very natural, and I'm really glad that I had him on the track. Well, it's awesome. Well, I hopefully the people can get that as well. Uh, they probably definitely will, but thank you very much, regardless <laughs> of sharing all that knowledge for us. Um, where can people find your album now? Because, um, of course, there's the classic streaming sites, but if they want to purchase it and support you directly, where can they find you? Oh, yeah. Um, unfortunately, I don't have any physicals at the moment. I am still preparing that, yeah. however... Um, for now, it is just everywhere on streaming, like uh, my name, Hanjia, uh, the album is named Kamai, and yeah, I guess like you guys can just support me by listening. Awesome. Sharing the words. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. We hope to see you down here in Otipodi at some point soon, and thank you very yes. much for taking the time out of your day and adjusting with all the different time zones, I guess. <laughs> of course. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Alrighty, we are going to jump into Hanjia Talk to Me, and you're currently listening to Tereo Irangi Kotahi, the one. I think I'm lost, cause I keep on running around in circles, finding my way home, but everything feels foreign yet familiar. Can you say that again? Listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. There are heaps more at r1.co.nz.